Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. This morning, my subject is the laying on of hands. And why do we do that? Okay. It's quite a big subject, quite a big topic, but I'm hoping to get through all my notes today. And uh, I know Esther's got nothing in the oven, so that'll be fine. (laughs) So the laying on of hands... What is the laying on of hands? Well, you'd be pleased to know that there's no deep-rooted meaning to the word laying on of hands. It actually is simply what it says. It does what it says on the tin. It's a a combination of two Greek words which basically mean upon or against or to set or to place. It's as simple as that. It literally means the physical contact of one person to another through an outstretched hand. And it's a means of grace. It's a physical action, but it's not ceremonial. It's not purely physical. But like water baptism, like breaking bread, there is no real power in the physical action. But it's a spiritual blessing that's communicated by God's grace when it's done in faith and obedience. And it's what we call a sacrament. It's a physical action which conveys the grace of God to one another. We don't believe that it has any innate power or that the laying on of hands can only be performed by elders. But, and because we do read in 1 John 2.20 that we have an anointing from the Holy One and that all of us know the truth. So just putting your hands on somebody will not make a jot of difference. But when we lay hands on people in faith that God will do something miraculous, we can impart and release the power of God. It's amazing. It requires community. And what that means is it means all of us. Like breaking bread and baptism, it requires more than one person. The scripture doesn't talk about folk laying hands on themselves. Although there's no law against this, but the expectation is to bless others. It's a demonstration of joining, connections and growth of ministry within the body of Christ, causing it to grow. We read in Ephesians 4.15, one of my favourite verses, Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body of the church, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It's good to lay hands on one another. If you're a believer, if you're saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, you have the right, you have the ability, and you have the obligation to lay hands on one another. So what's the purpose of laying hands on one another? Well, from Scripture, particularly in the New Testament, we can see that laying on of hands was always there to achieve two things. One is impartation, and the other is commissioning. Impartation can be broken down into four major areas. We can impart a blessing. We can impart baptism in the Holy Spirit. We can impart a spiritual gift, and we can impart healing. And when we commission folk, we can commission them into a ministry, an eldership, 
an apostleship, a deaconship, or to do a particular task within the body of Christ. And I really want to look at all of those um, different impartations and commissionings. So impart a blessing. This has really challenged me to be truthful. We read in Genesis 48 verse 9 that Jacob blessed his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. He called them to himself and he said, bring them to me so that I can bless them. But we all know the story of Jesus in the Gospels where he called the children to him and he laid hands on them and he blessed them. And he rebuked the disciples for not allowing them to come. Now I don't know what Jesus said to the children, but there's no prescriptive words or a little prayer that we have to say. He just laid hands on them and he blessed them. And I think what we need to understand is that we get so caught up in that we only lay hands on people when they're sick. And that's been a real challenge for me because I can't remember the last time I laid hands on somebody and said, be blessed in the name of the Lord. You know, it's always, I'm sick, I need to pray for you. Because in Ephesians it says this, it says, all praise to God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. And in John uh, verse 1, it says, From his abundance we have received one glorious blessing after another. There is no limit to the type of blessing that God can bestow upon us. The only measure is our faith. And we need to be a body that blesses one another. And I shall come on to this later, why the laying on of hands is so foundational to the church. So hold that thought. We impart the Holy Spirit by laying hands. The greatest blessing, his tangible and abiding presence. The first disciples, the first 120, they received the Holy Spirit without the laying on of hands. We read that in Acts chapter 2. But then later on in Acts, Peter and John laid their hands upon the believers and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw the Spirit was given, when the apostles laid their hands on people, he offered them money to buy this power. Wouldn't that be amazing? And a bit later on in Acts, it says, And and when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. The Holy Spirit was imparted by the apostles on the early church. Now, some say that baptism in the Spirit, can only be imparted by the apostles. And because the apostles aren't here anymore, that, that's gone. And that's what we call, what people refer to as the apostolic age. But it's obvious that Jesus still baptises people in the Holy Ghost today. And we read in Scripture that Paul received the Holy Spirit from a man called Ananias, who wasn't an apostle and was never heard of before and was never heard of again. But we read in Acts chapter 9 that he laid hands upon Paul and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And the scales fell from his eyes and his blindness was healed. We have the same Spirit that's working in Paul. In fact, we have the same Spirit that's working in Jesus, that was in Jesus. Let me just read this scripture. Romans chapter 8, another one of my favourites. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Is this working? I'll read it again. 
The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. As just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit that's living in you. God chooses to impart his Spirit to one another by the laying on of hands through his body. You don't have to be an elder to impart the Spirit of God to people. You really don't. You just need to be full of Him and full of faith. Amen. Amen. We can impart spiritual gifts to one another. When Paul writes to Timothy, he says, don't neglect the spiritual gift you received through prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. And later on in 2 Timothy said, that is why I remind you to fan into flame the spiritual gift that God gave you when I laid my hands upon you. Paul reminds Timothy that a spiritual gift can be imparted by the laying on of hands. We see this in the Old Testament too. Can't leave the Old Testament out. When Joshua, son of Nun, now Joshua, son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the people of Israel obeyed him, doing just as the Lord had commanded Moses. You know, it's a grace of God. And whilst it is a grace of God, and the Spirit and all its manifestations are from God, often we see spiritual gifts being imparted to those who are already strong in a recognised gift. And although we can't limit God in this, there is an element of faith that is evident And so, if you want a prophetic anointing, go and spend time with a prophet. If you want to move more in evangelism, go and spend time with an evangelist. There are many gifts in the Bible. There are gifts of administration, gifts of discernment, gifts of um, exhortation, evangelism, faith, giving, helping, Wisdom, hospitality, intercession, words of knowledge, leadership, miracles, a pastor, prophetic ministries, teaching ministries. And all of these ministries are given by God to equip the church, to make it grow. And we can do it all through our ministry. We can take this land, this town, for Jesus with these ministries. But it starts with the laying on of hands. And we have to give it away because it's a gift within us. We have to give it away. There's a Disney film. I love Disney films, but there's one Disney film that I really don't like, and it's called Frozen. (laughs) And there's a song in Frozen which I really don't like. But my granddaughter played it this morning, and God spoke to me, and we have to let it go. We have to let it go. We have to be those who let go what God has given us, that we don't hold on to it, but we let it go. Everyone is given a special gift through the generosity of Christ, as Paul says in Ephesians. It imparts a spiritual gift. The laying on of hands imparts healing and health. Ooh. Let's look at Luke 4. As the sun went down that evening, people throughout the village brought sick family members to Jesus. 
No matter what their diseases were, the touch of his hand healed everybody. Everybody. The most common reason Jesus laid hands on folk was to heal them. Now, Jesus healed through many other ways. He touched them. He spoke to them. He even spat on them, and they were healed. So we mustn't limit that. In Matthew 10, Jesus says, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons, give freely as you have received. Let it go. Give freely as you have received. Now, Jesus didn't perform a a a formulaic pattern or dogmatic doctrine on how healing was to be performed. He just moved with compassion and by the power of the Spirit. However, laying on of hands does seem to be the most common way that Jesus imparted healing to folk. In fact, when Jarius came to Jesus all in a panic and he said, my daughter is dying, please come and lay your hands on her so that she will live. He knew that Jesus could lay hands. And yet we see the story of the Roman officer who goes to Jesus and says, my servant is dying. And Jesus says, I'll come and lay hands on him. And, he, and, the, and the Roman officer says, no, don't come because I'm not worthy to come, you're not worthy to come under my roof. And you only have to say the word and he'll be healed. And Jesus says, I've never seen faith like this in all of Israel. And I don't want to go a lot into that story because I'm, I would like to speak on that in a few weeks. But he didn't lay hands on him. You know, it's like when you go to the doctors and you don't get a prescription. You feel really cheated, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) I went to the doctors the other week and he said, oh, I can't give you a prescription. And he was like, you could see he was like waiting for me to get all excited with him. And I said, no, that's fine, that's fine. But, you know, laying on of hands is not the only way to heal people, for God to impart healing. I just wonder what it would be like if somebody came to you and said, you know, I feel really sick, and you just said to them, be healed in the name of Jesus, and walked away. That's got you thinking. But it is a statement of fact that God's people are known by the fact that miraculous signs will accompany them. Because in Mark 16, it says, they will cast out demons in my name, they will speak new languages, they will be able to handle snakes with safety and if they drink deadly poisons, it won't hurt them. They will place hands on the sick and they will be healed. And my prayer is that that will be a hallmark of this church in this town. It's not a magic formula. The apostles, we read in in the book of Acts that the apostles healed people in many ways. Paul with his sweat. He sweat, he mopped his brow and sent handkerchiefs out and they were laid on people and they were healed. With Peter, even his shadow just had to cross, pass, cross over people and they were healed. And Peter and John commanded people to be healed in the name of Jesus. But the important factor is that it's a compassion for the sick and an obedience to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And it's a means of grace that should never, ever be undervalued because the body can minister health to itself and demonstrate the power and authority of the risen Christ over sickness to unbelievers by the laying on of hands. That is amazing. 
It's a sign and a means of grace given to all who believe, not just for ministry by leaders or on the platform, but something that we do. Phil read that scripture at the notices about the body being together, all together. And that's what it's all about. That we are one in Christ. Healing, flowing amongst us. Then we come to call the elders. We hear a lot about this, don't we? We read this in James chapter 5. Are any of you sick? You should call the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer is offered in faith and will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you will be forgiven. So firstly, let's be clear. It isn't only elders that can pray for the sick. I keep saying that, but I just want to reiterate that as we have seen. And elders do not possess special healing powers. Do we feel? We don't. But we are filled with the Holy Spirit. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. So let's look at this verse. So if any of us sick, you should call. You should call. You should call the elders. You see, by calling the elders, you're effectively saying, Lord, your word says, I have faith. Don't wait to be called. You know, we may not know, Phil and I may not know, and Phil and I don't sort of have any sort of psychic powers where we understand everybody in the church and if they're ill. Because sometimes people sit at home ill, and go, oh, nobody cares about me. We don't know. But it's not about that. What it's about, it's about saying, your word says, Lord, I'm going to call the elders and I'm going to receive the healing of God. It's a spiritual declaration. It's standing on the word. We talk about standing on the word. It's standing on the word. We talked about uh, Jairus' daughter. Come and pray for me. Lay hands on my daughter and she will be healed. She will live. It says pray over. It's it's not for. We're not going to pray for you. We're going to pray over you. We're going to be very physical. We're going to lay hands on you. We're going to anoint you with oil. It's a sign of the Holy Spirit. There is no power in the oil. Okay? It's just oil. But it's a sign that the Holy Spirit is there to represent the power of God. And such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. You see... When somebody comes to Phil and I and says, I'd like you to pray for me, I'm I'm believing this verse and I'd like to pray for me, it raises our faith. Our faith raises as well. And if your faith is raised and our faith is raised, then I believe there's going to be a miracle. That's what it's about. It's a declaration. From the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you've got faith in your heart, it's going to come out. You're going to say, yes, I want to be healed. I'm going to call the elders. And there's a rise, and I feel it's true, isn't it? When people come to us, there's a rise of faith. We think these people mean business. They've read the word and they're moving in faith. Our faiths, if you like, are all boosted. And we lay hands and we expect to see people saved. 
Can I give you some help? When people pray for you to be healed, be vocal. Be vocal. Some people, when they're prayed for to be healed, it's like they're on the operating table. You know? Do any of your patients talk on the operating table when, you, when they're operating on them? They don't, do they? They just lie there. And that's how some people are when they're being prayed for. They're like, God's going to do something to me. Speak the word of God. Agree with what the person's praying. Talk. Speak in tongues. Be responsive. Let it flow from you. It builds your faith. Don't just stand there and say, well, Lord, I'm just going to receive this. God wants to agree with what they're saying. Agree with the word. Speak out healing scriptures. It's interesting that it has this phrase, if you've committed any sins, you'll be forgiven. Many times Jesus says this, your sins are forgiven. And then when he's praying for the sick, he says this in Mark chapter 2, he said, it's easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or pick up your mat and walk? Now, I don't believe that every sickness is sin related. But I do believe that we should have a clear account with God. And sin in our lives can hinder healing. Um, we read in 1 Corinthians about breaking of bread where Jesus says, he says, you know, if you come to the table with sin or anything against one another or you don't honour the body of Christ, he says that's why many of you are weak and sick and some have even died. So that's what it means about when we say, you know, we, is there any unconfessed sin in your life? It's not a confessional, but God wants us to be pure and open before him. And so I just feel really encouraged about praying for folk. If they come to me and say, I read your word, I've read the word, the word says call for the elders, and I just want to be prayed for. Because there's a, there's a rise of faith in our hearts. The second part of laying on of hands is commissioning a ministry. And we read about this in Acts chapter 13. One day as these men were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, to, said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for a special work to which I've called them. So more fasting and prayer. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid hands on them and sent them on their way. And this is another major aspect of the laying on of hands. It's commissioning a ministry or a task. This too is impartation because the one commissioned is being equipped for the task and appointed to represent those who lay hands on him. Commissioning is not an empty ritual or an initiation ceremony, but it's an empowering and impartation of gift by delegated authority. So what I mean by that, to be a bit more practical, is that Phil and I, we're under delegated authority. We represent David, our apostle, and his gospel. We represent this body, as we all do. Yeah. And for myself, when I was set in as an elder, and I was prayed for, I did feel something come upon me. I felt a weight come upon my shoulders. And at the time, I didn't think it would be any different because in a sense, we were already operating in that role. But when we were set in, we were commissioned, we became an extension of something bigger. 
Paul and Barnabas were commissioned by the church to go to Antioch on their missionary journey, and they were sent as their representatives. They were sent out acting under the authority of the apostles. They were not just two men being sent out to do their own thing. The laying on of hands demonstrates through the arm of the church that it was reaching out to a new work initiated by the Holy Spirit. You know, there's going to come a day here, hallelujah, when we're going to lay hands on people and we're going to send them out. We're going to send them out. We're going to send them out to Desborough. We're going to send them out to Northampton. We're going to send them out to somewhere else. Corby, Kettering, I don't know. But they're going to be an extension of us. They're going to go under our authority. There's going to be a connection between us. That's amazing. There's going to be an extension of the church. There's a great responsibility that goes with laying on of hands. We lay hands to commission because we're investing that person with literally part of ourselves because they're going to carry our heart and our vision to the uttermost ends of the world. They're literally an extension of us. We're an extension we're not part of Stony we are you see people say oh we're part of Stony Stanton we're not part of Stony Stanton we're an extension we've been sent out mm-hmm. and in turn we will send out yeah. and then they will send out yeah. and that's how the body grows yeah. we're not a branch we're not a, a subcommittee we're not you know <clears throat> part of a group we're an extension because when we lay hands we extend yeah. but we do feel connected because we're a body. Then we come to the most important thing. The laying on of hands is foundational. It's not an option. When you buy a car, you can have all the options, can't you? But when you become a believer, you get all the options. You have to use them, though. They're not, it's not an option. Let's look at um, Hebrews chapter 6. If everyone could turn there, because I think this is a really, really important scripture. (coughs) Hebrews chapter 6, verse 6. 6, 6. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds, placing our faith in God. You don't need further instructions about baptism, the laying on of hands, the resurrection from the dead and eternal judgment. And so God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. So why is the laying on of hands listed in the foundations repentance faith and baptism are the foundations where we begin and resurrection and judgment clearly relate to how it's going to end and yet between these two sections of all the practices relating to church life why the laying on of hands why not breaking bread or worship or prayer or tithing or giving generously or fasting 
Why the laying on of hands right in the middle of the foundations of our faith? Because the laying on of hands demonstrates the fundamental nature of God. It demonstrates the fundamental nature of God. Because God always gives generously. God always has something new to impart. And God delights giving good gifts to his children. And we need to show his nature. Because we are children of God. And we all know that children are like the parents. (laughs) Sometimes. But we're God's children. And so we need to show his nature. You know, are we always giving generously? And for once, we're not talking about finances. Are we always giving generously? Do we reach out and pray to bless people? If somebody comes to you and says they're sick, do we think about, well, we should pray for them? Or do we think, well, we'll leave it till they go to church on Sunday because there'll be loads of people who pray for them there. Do we have things that we want to impart to people? Do we, when we meet with one another, do we say, well, I'd just like to impart this to you. I just feel I'd like to impart this to you. I've seen you moving in this area of hospitality. I'd just like to impart this hospitality gift to you. Or I've seen you moving in this area of gener- generosity. I'd like to impart some generosity to you. Do we think about doing that as we meet one to one in houses together? Do we impart good gifts to one another? Do we show the nature of Christ to one another? It's so foundational. Because God wants us to be a blessing. It's, it communicates to Market Harborough the fundamental nature of the church. You know, we're not just blessed for our own benefit. We're blessed to be a blessing. God gives us something so that we can give it out. God imparts something into us so that we then in turn can impart out. We have to let it go. We have to let it go. Because otherwise you end up with spiritual constipation. You wonder why you're here. You say, well, why am I in this church? What do I do in this church? Why do I come every Sunday? You know, it's just, you know, I just come along, I listen to Phil, listen to Steve, go home, go to work, go back to life group sometimes on a Wednesday might go. That's spiritual constipation. But when we let it go, God wants to fill us again with more. He wants to fill us with more. That's not a good analogy, I'm sorry. <laughs> let, me just, let me just say that wasn't, that wasn't in the notes. I just feel God speaking to me. I just felt I had, to, I had to let that go. I had to share that with you. But you hear what I'm saying? God wants, us to, wants his power to flow through us and to be evident. You see, we're called to be a blessing. We're blessed and I want to be a blessing. Because we're all called. We are all called. We are all called. Everyone in this room is called. Everyone in this room is equipped. We are all equipped. It's not just elders and life group leaders. We are all equipped. We are all commissioned and we are all sent. What was the great commission? Go into all the world, preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, 
We're all commissioned and we're all sent. We're all sent ones to bless the world. When we lay hands on somebody to bless them, we show that we have caught something of the purpose of God in our lives. We've actually caught it. We become like God. We become like God because we've caught something. We want to impart it. And the laying on of hands, it demonstrates a fundamental trust at the heart of the kingdom of God. When you start to lay hands on people, I know you've caught something because you want to impart the kingdom to people. You see, God could have, he could have brought the kingdom of God into the world all by himself, but he chose to do it through a man who then through delegated authority in the, in the, and then through delegated authority has given it to us in the church, through our families. That's just amazing. We can't operate in isolation as Christians. When we lay hands on people, we're, we're recognising and submitting to the, the order of the kingdom. We're actually, we're actually becoming, a, it shows a dependence on one another. And it develops hu- humility in us. You know, sometimes we, we'll give, a, we'll give a, an appeal for people to come and pray for. And I know there are people that want to come, but don't want to come because they don't want to stand, they don't want to stand here at the front. <clears throat> That's not a prerequisite to having hands laid on you. But sometimes we do that as a, as a demonstration of faith, a bit like calling the elders. There's a demonstration of faith that you come to the front. But you know, if someone's got an anointing and they want to lay it on me, they can stick it there. And I don't care whether they're—I don't care whether an elder, whether an apostle—I don't care who they are. The other Sunday, Julian and Kate came to me and they said, "We'd like to pray for you about a certain situation." And I know that people were looking at me, thinking, "Why is Julian and Kate praying for one of the elders?" Looked a bit looked a bit suspicious, that didn't it? Didn't it, Julian? Why is Julian praying for one of the elders? Why isn't Phil praying for one of the elders? Or David's come specially to pray for one of the elders. But you know, when that, when that man and woman have got an anointing, I want it just there. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Very good. It doesn't matter who they are. Yeah. Because they're filled with the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Amen. The same spirit that dwells in me dwells in them. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. So don't, don't despise anybody who wants to lay hands on you because they have that anointing. See, we recognise the power of delegated authority over us when we have hands laid on us. And it allows us then to move into other places by the power of God. Lastly, it communicates a fundamental trust at the heart of our salvation. It's a work of grace from first to last. We do nothing to deserve our salvation. We do nothing to earn his continual love and kindness and favour that's poured upon us. But the laying on of hands, it operates from an overflow of grace within our lives. And again, we've got to let it go. That grace comes out, we've just got to keep sharing that with people. 
And so I want to really encourage you to lay hands on people. Don't be scared. Don't think, well, I can only lay hands on people that are in my life group or people that I know really well. I knew that was going to happen. Let's be those that have a flow of grace within our lives. I, really, I felt really challenged this week when I was doing this about laying hands on people to bless them. You know, it's not just about setting in elders. It's not just about praying for the sick. But to bless somebody. I want to bless you in the name of Jesus. Because that person may need a blessing. They may, they may need to know that. But let's remember that laying on of hands is so fundamental to the body. If you go away with nothing else today, know that laying on of hands is a declaration. It shows the love of God. It shows the nature of God in the church. So I hope you feel encouraged. I hope you feel excited about that. I hope that this week that God will prompt you to lay hands on somebody because you are, like God, filled with His Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead and that you have something very valuable and important to impart to one another. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.